Okay, we're continuing on our series about acceptance. And then from acceptance of your heart vertically with the Father, you actually find your identity and you also learn how to live out that identity and blueprint through humility. And we'll hit both of those kind of at the end of the series. But the the primary thrust of this whole thought is learning how to find acceptance and love for you, your unique, who you are, your own heart, your own state from the vertical relationship first, and then out of that flowing out into relationships based on your boundaries and the people you have connection with and being able to, because see, when you do that, what happens is the acceptance when it comes from outward, you can appreciate it more. Or if it doesn't come, you can say, well, hey, you know, I think I did a great job, but hey, I'm, I'm more interested in my vertical and what you think the father thinks about it. And then if he's cool with it, well done, then you just keep moving and you just don't, you're not mean to the place that you thought you should get acceptance from. And that's really the key. It's like sometimes it's nothing wrong with getting acceptance and accolades uh, from people in relationship with you. And from an outward perspective, as long as that's not your driver force, that that you're not addicted to that. I think we've already kind of covered all that well enough because you will get some acceptance. But you'll also have times where the people closest to you, Jesus made a statement that a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown, meaning that if you grow up with people or you're in a deep enough relationship with people and they know all your basically imperfections and you know theirs, then you might not get the accolades sometimes from the people who are closest to you that you think you should. And if you are, if you allow that to ruffle your feathers and throw you out of the boat, so to, so to speak, guess what? It's your issue. It's that your emotional health is based on them instead of your vertical relationship first. So just remember that as you move forward. The thought I want to hit in this particular talk is learning to manage the most incredible, wonderful, uh, complicated uh, thing on earth, which is you. (laughs) Learning to manage yourself. Boy, this is this is the deal. I mean, this is like the man in the mirror when Rocky told the young fighter, that's always your opponent, not the person in the ring. And so we are, as it were, most of the time, our own worst enemies because of habits we develop, pre-scripted thought processes that we either picked up or were labeled on us, and by those we develop beliefs convictions and and identity pieces about ourselves that are really not congruent with the way that we were made by the Creator. And when we do that, what happens is we superimpose those things over the original blueprint He put in us, which is fearfully and wonderfully made, and then we live from there and we wonder why we are not getting out of relationships, what we think we should, and also, why can't I fix this about me, whatever that is, okay? Because, look, I don't believe we ever arrive, 
But I believe we, my two highest beliefs about life as far as my own personal life is that I must be growing all the time and becoming more. And out of that, I want to give contribution back to the people closest to me and to whoever the Lord puts in front of me that I can give away that which I've become proficient in, so to speak, and help their life find a faster pace, quicker way to success, a a new ceiling for them that's my ceiling, but it becomes their floor type metaphor. So that's my two of my highest uh, desires and burns inside of me is to continually grow and become a the best version of me from the blueprint inside of me, discover more of what God put there, and then out of that, contribute back to society, however that looks in relationship. So when I'm talking about, you know, uh, emotional health and having healthy boundaries and you having a healthy love for your own self, I realize that we do that in part, okay? So don't look for perfection. Perfection is the enemy of progress. Perfection is the enemy of maturity. See, perfection is an anonym to maturity because maturity says, you know what? I know what I know today. One of my mentors says this. I know what I know today, but Probably I'm hoping tomorrow I'll run into a deeper thought in even the thing that I know where it expands. That makes sense to you, right? So in whatever area of life, whether it's business, marriage, whether it's raising your kids, maybe you get a new book on how to raise kids better and you you get smarter, you know, things like that. That's what I'm talking about. So be a growth person based on your personality, not mine. You know, you might read things that, that, that I would read. My wife is an artist, so she loves art. So guess what? She spends most of her time looking at architecture and art and doing art and painting and figuring out how she can paint differently and try different things. That turns her on. Well, if I was to try to read a book about art, I'd get through page one and I'd be thinking, I'm going to scratch the chalkboard, you know, because it's not me. <clears throat> you know, if, if you only get one thing out of this series... This is what I hope you get. Live from the original blueprint that God put in your own heart and do not allow other people to superimpose over that original masterpiece that he made fearfully and wonderfully while you were being formed in your mother's womb. Do not, I don't care who they are, let anyone superimpose their forms, ways, beliefs over that that disavows and disconnects you from your vertical relationship with the Father and the expression he has through you in the earth. If you get that one thing, let me tell you something, everything on this this whole series is wonderful. If you get that one thing and start living from that conviction and from that belief and from that state, you'll work out all the other things I'm talking about. You'll just, you'll work them out. As you walk out your life, you'll see things, you'll work it, you'll get grace, you'll get a new story and you'll fit, boom, and then boom, and then boom. But what I want you to avoid is to feel like after you listen to a series like this, and really, really find some things out about yourself. Start telling new stories when things happen that cause you to get thrown off the horse, so to speak, that you think that, well, I've got to do this perfectly. No, 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 no. No. Throw the word perfection unless you're describing the Lord out of your vocabulary because perfection doesn't live in humanity by, at all because all humans are imperfect, including you. 
And so as you're getting emotionally healthy and having great boundaries, learning to accept yourself as the Father accepts you and also growing in, in, in continually finding more of that blueprint that was put inside of you, digging it out, doing your part to complete your potential, then realize maturity is what comes out of that. Wisdom, insight. Uh, you do get wiser uh, and you do become mature if you grow as a person. So that's wonderful. Look at that and use the word mature as your mark, as you're getting more mature and you're learning more and growing. Don't think you can do it perfect because you never will. And if you are one of those people, my office manager in the company I just sold, she the S's in the disc profile can be somewhat of perfectionist. They they want it everything has to be organized and in order and and, and they're kind of anal to that. And if it if it isn't, it flips them out. And my wife's similar to that. So if you're one of those people who perfection is your issue, it's really not my issue. But if it's your issue, realize that's a problem for you. That's one of those uh, sticks in the mud. That's the proverbial horse that's going to throw you off. So you've got to learn when everything isn't quite perfect because you know it should be because you've done you've done what you do and you rock at it. Like my office manager used to, she's like organized on steroids. And uh, if it, things get out of place, then hey, whoo, you know, it, it, it's a problem for her. But you got to learn to tell yourself a different story. Hey, it's, I've done everything I can do and I'm going to get better at this and, or whatever it is. Or these people let, dump this paperwork all over my desk and I don't like that. You see what I'm saying? So each thing has different meaning and each talk and each one of these thoughts will have different meaning based on who you are. Okay, and one of the things I don't want you to do is try to be like me. <laughs> You're gonna do a lousy job, remember? You are a wonderful, original masterpiece, but you are a terrible copy of other people. Don't do it any longer, okay? So I'm giving you permission to be you, but I'm not giving you permission not to work out your own salvation and walk and become better. Because one of the mentors that I have, who I believe this with all my heart, he makes this statement, and I believe it, God will not complete the potential in you. In other words, he gave you gifts and talents, and he's expecting you to actually exercise them and grow. The parable of the talents, read it yourself, you'll get the story. Anyways, we move on. So learning how to manage you is like huge. I mean, it's like, because... You, you know, I, I've never read the book, and I probably should because I recommend it to people all the time because I had a mentor recommend it uh, at, at a talk one time. I just never picked it up. But there's a book out called Man's Search for Meaning. It's a classic, and it's by Viktor Frankl. And he was in a Nazi concentration camp. He was Jewish, and he was captive. And what he, and he was, a, I think he was a psychiatrist prior to being captured. But what he figured out was the people who developed an empowering meaning about their captivity. Now, obviously, the ones that were executed and shot, killed, they didn't have any choice, but I'm talking about the people who were put in the camps for workers and for just locked up, and they, they did these you know horrible tests on them, but they didn't kill them. He said the people who developed a meaning that was worth living for were the ones who survived the camps. The others died. So... Just think about it. That's a pretty horrific issue. And he's in basically the thought, the kind of the thought of the book is you have absolutely no control over your life except one, your internal reality and how you express it. 
And that's really the core of what I'm getting at about managing yourself. And look, I do a sloppy job of it. I mean, we just came back from a from a family trip in, in Italy that was just wonderful. I'd never been uh, to Europe, and it was three weeks. I was able to take my both of my girls and one of them's husbands and the other one's boyfriend, and we just went as a clan, had a great time, good food, seen history, lots of beauty and all that stuff. But there were two or three times in the trip where I just got extremely impatient and was mad and just blew up for no, you know, for, for them it felt like no apparent reason. I had a reason. But you know what? That was my choice. So I'm still working on this too. I'm not telling you that I've arrived. But what I am telling you is, boy, I'm a different person than I was 10 years ago. I hope you are and I hope it's better because you can grow and you find more of that original peace inside of you that God put there and you start conforming to that image. And when you conform to that image, life flows out of you naturally out of the original masterpiece you were created to be. Okay, so that's kind of the thought. But in managing yourself, you I'm going to give you a few things just to think about. You're going to have to find out, number one, the things that trigger you and send you over the edge of the ledge. You know, you, the, there are certain things that push your buttons, okay? And, you, and those things, you're going to have to somehow develop some sort of metaphor, some sort of pattern interrupt, some sort of thought or something that happens that, that, that when that thing happens and you want to just rail or go off the edge, you catch yourself and you do, the, you do something different. You go the opposite way by a, a sentence, a phrase, a metaphor, a new thought, something, a new story. You've got to develop a new story about these things because look, the things that have always triggered you are not, not gonna not magically not trigger you after you listen to this. <laughs> As a matter of fact, a lot of times when I get new information and revelation and insight, I'm tested by it more. Uh, you know, it's like, let me give you a story. I just it happened to me yesterday. I really was delving into this whole subject and I thought, man, this is going to be, I got to put this on audio and get it out to people because it's really good because I felt the, the Lord putting his finger on things in my life over the last couple of years. But one of the things that I was really pressing into when I, when I was praying was, Lord, I, I want to be pliable. Pliable means that I'm teachable. And that I don't think I know it all because I don't. I really don't mentally think that. I've, I've become accomplished in some areas, but I don't know everything. I know what I know. And so I want to be pliable and teachable. And I want to exercise humility correctly, which just means I'm strong in some areas, but not all areas. Okay. So guess what happens? You get a test. This is the way the Lord works. He's like, okay, so now you want to be pliable and teachable. And I, I, and I love that because I want your heart to be that way before me. So we're going to give you an exercise. <laughs> that's just kind of the way it works for me. It might not work exactly like that. You, so literally, that's yesterday in the morning before I go to the gym. And I work out with a bunch of crazy CrossFitters who think they can take over the world every time they work out. I mean, it's just like insane. And I love the guy who owns the place and the guy who leads it. He's my brother. I mean, it, it, we're, we're, we're brothers. I love him. And so we go in there and we're working out, you know, and, and, and he comes up to me and, and he says, hey, you know, he's just, he, he's heading the class up. So he's helping give people better pointers. Because look, if you're the best golfer in the world, like Tiger Woods was, he had coaches all the time tweaking his swing and telling him you ought to look at this because if you did this, this I mean, so these coaches that he had weren't as good a golfer as they are. So I'm sitting there all although this guy is a better athlete than I am, so I can look up to him in that respect. But I'm doing a power clean, and we're doing him in the workout, and he comes over and says, you need to push your hips back. And so 
I pushed him back based on what I thought. And he said, you're not pushing your hips back. I said, if I go back any further, I'm going to fall on my rear end. But what I was doing was I was pushing my feet, the bottoms of my feet back without moving my hips. And I didn't realize it. And I kind of like, man, I can't do it any further. And he kind of walked off because he cut me some slack. And immediately the light bulb went off. And I'm like, because when he came over to tell me that, I'm a fairly good athlete in their class and I'm not new to CrossFit. And I'm like, you know, it tweaked me a little bit. I'm like, oh, wow. I should have just listened to him and had him show me how to get in that position instead of telling him I was, I was back as far as I could, basically leave me alone. And I realized, oh, that's what it looks like for me to be pliable in that instance. Because this guy's smarter than me and better than me at that. Okay, so it's like, you know, when you start going after managing yourself, finding those triggers, those buttons, you're going to have to develop a story because you're going to be taken through a test to see if you're actually going to react to it differently. So just remember that as this process unfolds, this is, this, you, you know what, here's the thing. It's like the 80-20 rule. You don't have to do this thing perfect. I mean, you listen to these talks, you take what's available and what you think you can apply to your life and go do it. Because some of the stuff is not going to fit you. But I'm hoping through the, the, the mass of this whole content of several of these talks that you will get several things that you can put in your life that will help you live at a better level of acceptance, emotional health, great boundaries, and that you're actually walking your life out to the fullness of the destiny and the blueprint that you know today that's inside of you. Now, you'll get more tomorrow, hopefully, but what you know today, you're living out of that. And out of that place, fully aliveness and freedom comes. And this is my whole goal anyways. For anyone in, that, that I mentor or speak into their life, if I coach them in business or in life or whatever, is transformation, fully aliveness, and then living free. Those are the three things that I really key in on because if you have those three things working in your life continually, you're going to be a pretty happy individual uh, and you're going to be living life full on. I didn't say there'd be, uh, you know, that there wouldn't be any problems or any tests or any trials because there are. That's how growth happens. So anyways... I just want you to have enough. I'm kind of coming at it from some different angles about managing you. Number one, you got to have some way to tell a different story when you get triggered. Number two, if you can, find a mentor or someone close to you who understands your heart and what happens to you when these things, whatever these things are, and seek some wisdom from them because you know they're different than you. See, that my two best friends, their personalities are completely different than mine. It's not that bad or good. It's just I need that. I mean, Stephen, he's like, he's like the Midas muffler, man. He's just like smooth all the time. I've never seen him mad, but probably once or twice in like 10 years. He never gets ruffled. He never gets upset. He's just steady, eddy, smooth, boom. Very calculated, very much methodical, where me, I'm all over the place a lot of times. And then my other friend, Dan, he, he's, he's similar to that, but yet he has some other things that, that he's really flows out of his own nature better. And boy, between those two guys, which are my closest friends as guys, I get a lot of wisdom. I get a lot of things to help me. So number two, if you can have relationship with people who can pour into you what you don't have, you know, and what you don't naturally carry as a person from your, from, from who you are, then it helps the journey smooth out a little bit. Okay. So that'd be the second thing. And then also 
try to set better boundaries up so that the things that trigger you, like for instance, if you are if you deal with impatience like me, you can actually control some of that because you can plan ahead and be there 15 minutes early if you need to be at a meeting instead of getting stuck in traffic and you're already, you know, going to be on time or a little bit late and you're the one that's erupting by it because you didn't leave early enough or whatever it might be of your life, going to the airport, you miss your flight because you, you got there late. If you plan ahead, some of the things that trigger you, this is just a way to kind of write these things out into your journal. Some of the things that trigger you, you don't always have control over them. But if you would look at those things, whatever they are, you'll see that if you manage you, remember that's the whole talk, managing you. If you manage certain places in your life, you might not cause some of the triggers that you cause, okay? That's what I'm saying. Other people outside of you, you have no control over them other than your internal reality and how you react. And that's part of managing you as well. But if you take those three or four things and kind of write them down, kind of think through your process, what's always pushing you over the ledge? For me, it's impatience for sure. That's a, that's, that's a big one for me. You can figure out three or four of yours that are always coming up and almost exploding out of you and ruining a moment, like maybe with your family or your closest friend, because, you know, you said something you shouldn't say because of that trigger. You got to stop that. And the only way to stop it is to realize why it's happening. Number one, get the grace of God on it to understand and touch it because you've understood why. Develop a new story. So when the trigger happens in the future, you tell yourself a different story instead of repeating the process. Hello. So this is where we're going to end this talk. It's been long enough. Manage yourself. Learn how to do it at a mature level of life that you are. If that's 25 years old, then that's 25. If you're 45, try to live at the state you're at, but do not seek after perfection, but maturity. And we'll talk more on the other side about some other things, and we'll continue this thought. But in all your getting, in everything you do in life, live free. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember to hit subscribe. If you would like to know more about what I do and how I could possibly help you, then visit me at www.donwlong.com. Also check out the course, Selling from the Soul.